Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What is going on with you, Caitlin? What's this headwear we're wearing? I am I am wearing a Tupac style um, ACLU bandana in my jammies. As it happens, that's what is going on with me. I um, the change in weather has brought out a horrific scalp condition, which everyone in our podcast listenership has now just become aware of. Um, and so I have put I have to sleep. <laughs> with stuff on my head and you're seeing me yeah you're seeing me with it on we're doing this um via video you look nice and tan and in front of a Roland Garros beautifully um architected wall eating a baguette doesn't get much more yeah. French than that no I'm fully established into my Parisianism mm-hmm. I don't think that's a word but I just made it up half and- the shit you say I feel like is made up anyway well I mean, you know, the education stopped at a certain point in my life, Caitlin, but let me just say something. <laughs> I actually I'm not, usually I'll... blame Australian for all the sayings that I think are not actually real that you guys well, say. I mean, I don't care what I sound like and what verbiage I'm using today because you look like Verbiage total... is not even a word. You, exactly. You look like a total ding-dong. I totally look like a ding-dong. I look insane. Yeah. Uh, you look like maybe... you're wearing a large sock. <laughs> I think maybe we should capture this. I'll tell you what, I'll capture this screenshot. You hear me just screenshotting it. And so anybody who, um, we should do a contest. I'll figure out what it is and you can get a screenshot of us talking to each other for a special prize. Maybe our mm-hmm. 100,000 listener uh, subscriber, I don't know, something like that. Um, anyway, I am talking to you. Today, the first day of the French Open, it is Sunday. This podcast will go out tomorrow, Monday, the second day of Roland Garros 2022. I have to say it's my favorite tournament, uh, despite a lot of, it doesn't really deserve my love, but it gets my love anyway. You're there. What's the scene on the ground uh, day one? What's What's been going on behind the scenes? Well, it's pretty great. I do not like the fact that we start on Sunday. I'm just going to put that out there. But, you know, clearly they'd like to get a little bit more money up their sleeves. Um, so I'm not a big lover of the Sunday start. But having said that, we've already had a major upset here in Anshabur going out in the first round. Had a tough draw against Magda 
uh, Lynette from Poland, who's also quite a good player, can be very dangerous against anyone. And we saw that today. So, you know, when people come into Grand Slams and everyone thinks, oh, they're just going to rip right through like they've been doing all season, it's not so hard, especially when a lot of pressure would have been on Jabir, the first time really that people would have been talking about her being one of the favourites to win the tournament. Um, but overall, look, it's just great to be here, Caitlin. I haven't been to Roland Garros in a number of years, to be honest. So it's just great to see the new surroundings, the new building, the new stadiums. Um, it's just great. I mean, you you know what it's like here. It's just the vibe going on, especially on a Sunday. It's great. It's a great vibe. Um, and I think the um, last time I was there, they hadn't yet. They were un, they were building, but hadn't yet completed Court Simone Mathieu, which is a greenhouse, which is like yep. an architectural marvel. It got profiled in Architectural Digest. Um, so I had some friends going this year. And they were asking me what to watch. And I usually say, you know, get a grounds pass, try to find the outer courts. Those are all where the battles are, especially early. Um, but I was also keen to get some pictures from them, from that new court, because I've heard it's gorgeous. And because it's a podcast, you don't see us. But what I'm holding up is a water bottle. And the French Federation, Tennis Federation, have gone as green as they can possibly go. They're using green cars only, so battery um, card they are not giving out water bottles, which is fantastic because tennis players go through so many water bottles, clearly because they need a lot of water when they're playing and when they're practicing. And instead, they've given about four water bottles to every player and they're asking you to fill up the water bottles with, um, you know, um, from the water fountains and all the players are doing it. And I think it's a great thing that we're doing that because tennis really, really needs to improve on the amount of carbon footprint we put into this world. So that's a really great thing. So it's just pumped. I, I forgot to mention also Gabinia Muguruza lost today against the giant killer Kai Kanepi, um, who you never want to see at a Grand Slam, ever. Not, especially not uh, in the first round. I was watching that match this morning. And even when Garbinia won the first set 6-2, I was like, Garbinia, you're in danger, girl. Kai Kanepi is going to do what Kai Kanepi does. And she did. Kai, Kai, Kai did another Kanepi on somebody. That's the bottom line. Well, bam. So, uh, so, so well, bam, we've got some upsets in the women's already. And, uh, yeah, it's just great to be here. Um, let's very quickly touch on our guest this week. It is someone, you know, very well, Daria Gavrilova, better known as Dasha, now known as Daria Dasha Sabo. She's newly married and yeah. she is a delight. What a delight it was to listen to this show. Maybe it was just Aussie on Aussie. Well, Aussie on Aussie Russian, but, um, she's so, such a delightful person. What an upbeat kid, despite having a litany of injuries. I mean, I think you said it. How many years has this girl lost to injuries off her career? I would say four. Four yeah. years off her career. She's 28 years of age. She's coming back again from another massive, um, you know, injury to her Achilles and her, you know, plan of fashion, all kinds of things. So it's just, she's just such a fun person. She's definitely one of the best TikTokers on the tour. She's hilarious. She's such a good person and, um, you know, did actually win the doubles. Uh yesterday in Strasbourg so you don't hear that in the pod because she's talking about being in the final so she did win she's a legend doubles player and in Strasbourg I think she's won it like two or three times and she's probably only won like three events so um so it was really nice to see her finishing winning that and um yeah she's just a delight hopefully she does well here in Paris because she needs those points um considering Wimbledon aren't giving any but we won't get into that yet Caitlin oh, we'll let's save that, that we'll table that well while we're on the topic of Strasbourg and then I'll let uh this interview speak for itself because it um really was a nice listen uh 
when you were in Strasbourg, you were with Sam Stoser, who got a wild card into singles, which everyone on Twitter was losing their minds about because everyone who pays very close attention to the tour and the career of Sam Stoser, which I assume is every single listener of this podcast, uh, Sam Stoser retired from singles at the Australian Open. But yet, in Strasbourg last week, she had a shining moment on the singles court. What happened? <laughs> well, she's won the Strasbourg tournament in singles a um, couple of times. So they absolutely went after her when she, when they knew she was coming here to play doubles. And they said, Sam, do you want to walk out in singles? We'd love to give it to you. They didn't have a, a French player really to give it to because they were playing other tournaments. And Sam's like, really? And he's like, yeah, we'd really like to give it to you because she's also very popular there. And um, so she said, okay, why not? And I said, she, you know, oscillated between whether or not to do it. And I said, look, you didn't have an opportunity to play on clay last year because she hurt her foot. And it's really her best surface, even though she won the US Open. And I said, hey, listen, it's just an opportunity for you to play one more match on clay. So why not? And she said, yeah, why not? And she did. And it was really cute. The girl that beat her, a young um, French girl, good player, Harmony Tan, um, when they shook hands, told Sam how much she admired her. And she saw her play the final in Paris and went on. And it was super cute. So it was just a really nice moment for Sam to have um, one more match on the the red dirt in, in France. Well, it sounds like Strasbourg was a um, smash hit for you and the Aussies. And uh, hopefully some of those good vibes continue into Roland Garros. So with that said, we better rush to get this show out. So these results don't sound super old by the time everyone's listening to them. Um, Because anything can happen at the French Open, as we know. Um, And here is your fantastic interview with Dasha Seville. Hi everybody, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest here this particular evening. I'm in Strasbourg, France, and I'm with my buddy Daria Gavrilova, now Daria Saville. Um, so Dasha, um, first of all, I'm not going to call you Daria because the last time I think I called you that I was mad at you. Um, so I just want to thank uh, Dasha. We're here in Strasbourg where she is in the finals of the doubles, is that correct? Yes. Um, so Dasha, thanks for joining me, my friend. Thanks for having me. I mean, we've had a few dinners here together. I was saying maybe I've exhausted my, um, what is it, being social, but we're good to go, I think. Yeah, you are definitely uh, somebody who can talk more than me, which is saying something. So um, Dash, uh, l- let's get into it. The first thing I always ask um, all of my uh, people that I have on the podcast is how, why tennis? How did you get into tennis? Uh, it was my dad. Uh, my dad always thought that tennis was one of the best sports uh, for a little girl. And um, in Russia, where I grew up, I used to live close to um, a tennis club, Spartak. It's pretty famous. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's how I started. Who were some of the people around you at that time that, um, you know, because it is a very famous uh, tennis club in uh, Moscow, correct? Yeah. Um, who were some of the people who were around about the same time? Well, actually, that were a little bit older than you at the time that you were sort of watching at the time. I think um, Dinara, Safina and her brother, they were, and Miskina, Anastasia Miskina, they were, I think, I'm pretty sure from that club. And also... Um, 
I don't know if many people know, but um, Andres Rublev's mm-hmm. mom was actually my first coach. So that's pretty cool. Um, getting into, you know, understanding. I, I love this opportunity to talk to you because you grew up obviously in a Russian mentality, Russian upbringing, Russian junior coaches. Um, and now, of course, you're living in Australia so, and you spend a lot of time in Australia now. And, you, and I always say that you, as a Russian, you are so Australian just because of your personality. Mm-hmm. But tell us the difference in the mentality of sort of what you think now knowing the Australian mentality a lot, what the difference was with the Russian mentality, particularly as a young kid getting coached. I mean, not going to lie, our coach, well, our playing group was so competitive we actually had really good um, juniors. And, yeah, we just were very competitive. And what was actually really interesting for me when I came to Australia, all the girls were so, so nice to me. <laughs> and I was like, are they joking? Like, why are they being so nice to me? Like, I came from Russia. Like, I just got my residency. Why are these girls um, treating me so nice I was actually like surprised because in Russia like the mentality was always like you kind of you want to be the best and um you compete even with your best friends like you if you lose you kind of like you're you want everyone to lose straight away you're like oh um but that's one thing and I guess yeah coaches were tough on us there Mm um I was I think all of the kids were kind of terrified by coaches and um, we just did whatever we were told to, really. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I probably tried to be sneaky every now and then, but yeah, they worked us hard and we spent so many hours um, at the tennis club, just especially in summers from probably a morning session Till we would be there till eight p.m., nine p.m. Well, like we would just from what time though? What time like, did you start? Maybe eleven, ten. I don't. I morning. don't know. Yeah, like oh. I mean, we're not just playing tennis the whole time. We were, I mean, playing hide and seek and whatever. Like, uh, and but, when, what about school? Um, that was. I'm t- talking like summers mm-hmm. oh, when okay. um, holidays. Mm-hmm. So we would um, have a proper like session, a squad. And then uh, we would go and have lunch and play games, like non-tennis games. And then we would just play doubles. We played so much doubles. Mm -hmm. and, and, And it was actually... Why do you think you... Why do you think the mentality was to do that? Because that's something that I, I don't think I've ever heard. Well, the thing, like, there was not enough courts for so mm-hmm. many kids so mm-hmm. we played doubles and you stay on only if you win uh, so uh, we played we pl- yeah we loved it mm-hmm. we just played doubles all the time and do you think that that's um also good and what age was that about probably like 10 yeah and do you think that and it's funny because in australia my upbringing was to play a lot of doubles as well also similar reasons because there wasn't a lot of courts and we just would play on the same court together but do you think that that's important as competitive as you were do you think it's important to also have that fun factor of sort of competing but being in a bit of a team environment 
Yeah, even though we were kind of each to their own, like fighting for um, to stay on the court, we had a lot of fun, and we like our the coach was there, but not really. Mm-hmm. They, 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 because the coaches were kind of having like their they were socializing with the parents, yeah, because like, they that wasn't their hours to coach us. So we kind of just. Did your own thing. Did our own thing and just played and had fun, yeah. Mm. So you start going, juniors, had a very successful junior career as well. What what was the reasoning really for the Australian move and how did that come about? Honestly, I guess since I was a kid, I've always wanted to um, live elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And um, I played a few junior tournaments in Australia and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I think this is like the country. If I'm going to move. move and leave, this is where I want to end to be, like end up being. And I didn't think I would make that move when I was 18, but yeah. I kind of did. I, um, I mean, I started dating Luke when we were, we was, we started dating, I mean, facebook messaging (laughs) when we were pretty young and um i was ranked maybe like 200 230 and i was trying to make enough points to play australian open qualifying Mm -hmm. and um i convinced my dad that i had to go to australia because the 25s there were a lot weaker they were and they were and they were i made it worked out for me yeah um and and was he, that because you had the grand plan to I, I i actually wanted to see luke and my dad's like you guys are not that serious like why are you going there and i'm like well it's just weak tournaments like i'm gonna get and it's expensive right it's yeah. an expensive trip so i was going by myself i was maybe 18 19 can't remember and so I went, and um, I made back-to-back semis. So I actually didn't play great tennis there, but somehow I got the, enough points. And but yeah, my dad was like, "Don't forget to come back with an Australian passport." And actually, when I ca- came to Australia, every, everyone knew me and Luke were dating, so they they were all like, "Oh, when you guys." When is she becoming Australian to Luke? Joking. And yeah. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, it's, it's you guys kind of have to stop joking because I'm going to just... I, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. So I approached... So Nicole was um, Nicole head of... Pratt. Nicole Pratt was head of women's tennis um, back... I can't remember. Yeah. 2013, 10 14. years ago. Long time yeah. ago. And I was staying there for a few more weeks to train before going to Japan. Can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was there just training for a week and I joined um the squads that she was running with Aussie girls and my English was not like great and I just talked to Nicole and I was like, um can I please have your email? I need to send you an important email. And it's the like I still have this email. Mm-hmm. I need to. I I should find it and read it out to you because it's like there there the was maybe five sentences um, along, maybe less. But basically, 
that yeah i want to become australian like i want to have the opportunity to represent australia and yeah she just gave me a contact uh immigration of the immigration guy and then i emailed him and it kind of just started like Mm -hmm. Um, now, now during this process, is Luke aware that you are trying to move there? Yeah, like, I th- I'm pretty sure. And okay, the funniest thing was because there was a period of time where you actually broke up. Oh yeah, that was before that. Oh, it was before that. Before okay, that, okay. that was during, like, when we we're playing junior grand slams. Okay. Um, but so I was practicing with Nicole in Melbourne, and I wanted to see Luke but Luke was at um, Australian Institute of Sport Sport in Canberra Mm -hmm. that was where they had their base back in those days but so he was there and he couldn't come to Melbourne like he couldn't come and I was in Melbourne staying with my friends but then he's like hey you should come to Canberra because no one's gonna know that you're gonna come because all the coaches are actually leaving to Melbourne for um, some conference I don't know whatever and I was like oh yeah okay I should do that and (laughs) (laughs) I had to uh, message Nicole that I was sick (laughs) so I flew to Canberra to see Luke for a few days and then flew back. Well, I haven't told her this story until um, our wedding day and oh she was God. like cracking up. Oh, that's hilarious. That's a good story though. And obviously, you know, we know the rest is history. You got your passport, you've represented Australia so many times now, Fed Cup and Olympics and all kinds of things. What does that feel like for you? Um, obviously, parents are Russian, your dad's yeah. still in, and parents both live in Russia and you're representing Australia. What, how does your heart and every, and of course you and Luke just recently got married. So, I mean, you're real legit now. Um, what does that feel like for you? It's funny. I always, um, I mean, I get this question all the time, like during Fed Cup weeks, yeah. uh, Billie Jean King Cup weeks. Yeah. The, um, like, how does it feel to represent your country? Mm-hmm. And I always like, joke that hey I can't really say that as a little girl I grew up wanting wanting to to represent Australia like no because I was in Russia when I was a little girl yeah and that's like kind of what everyone says you know Mm -hmm. they say as a little girl and I'm like well really were you actually thinking that (laughs) so now um but I do feel like very Aussie and like I I'm proud and I feel yeah like I get kind of like goosebumps and I just think we're such a great like we all get along so well the Aussies and I feel like we're one of the best like teams like in terms of like our group yeah yeah. Um, we all want to help out each other yeah which is really really nice like I don't just like yeah I represent Australia but I feel like I represent like all my mates and yeah. Yeah. my, you know, oh, you, you're giving me a tear. Listening oh. to this. It's good. Though. Yeah. Like I love it. Like I, like I don't just play, you know, for myself, like, especially like when Sam is there and I'm like, I'm not just doing it for like me. I'm like, I want to make like Sam proud, like with like a teammate proud. Yeah. Like yeah. it's cool. Yeah. 
So take me back, Dash, because, um, you know, you're 28 now, correct? Yeah. Still a young soul, um, <laughs> very young. In tennis terms, you know, everyone really, so many players are peaking in their mid-30s now, you know, winning Grand Slams. And it's been a hard, tough professional life for you. Give the people who don't know you that well or may not know the history of you, the injuries that you've had, um, major injuries over the last... Like a lot of players would have retired going through what you've gone through um, in your career. Just give us a quick snapshot of some of the major ones and what what you've lost. Sam Stozia and I were actually talking about you yesterday or the day before, how proud we are of you and where you've come to just in the last five months even because a lot of players would have retired with going through what you've been through and you've lost about four years of your career with injuries. So Mm. give me some of them. I mean, the main one is my Achilles. Well, prior to that, you tore your ACL. Oh, wow. I forgot about that one. I kind of forget though. Like, Mm. I don't find it like a struggle. I'm like, well, I like tennis. Like, well, I don't have a choice. Like, I'm going to come back. Yeah. So... Every time, like, someone asks me this question, I'm like, you know what? It's not that hard. Like, don't make it, like... But it's not easy. No, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, since that chat I had with Pratty, with Nicole, I literally tore my ACL, <laughs> ACL maybe a few months later. Mm-hmm. And I came to Australia with a busted knee and basically I have an Australian knee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had surgery there and um, yeah, like it was, my parents were terrified that I was 18 moving to another country, having surgery, like going down and they wouldn't be there for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I was staying with one of, well, they're like family to me, um, Kate, she, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I stayed with her and Stormy, and they like took really good care of me. And yeah, like the few, I mean, first few weeks, I was just in bed because um, yeah, it's a major I just injury. had the surgery, and I kind of was like, oh my God, this is hard. And they the girls were training, and I was like, oh, just sitting on the couch and... Mm. But then, came back from that very well. Got top fifty. Um, the the thing I remember when I was working with um, um, well, I had so many people helping me out. Like Tennis Australia has been in my corner for many many years. Like I'm very grateful for that. And um, I remember. Aaron, who was the strength and conditioning coach back then, was saying that you're going to come back fitter than ever. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I was, yeah, I was, oh, I can't remember how old I was anymore. Yeah. Maybe I was older than 18. Maybe probably 19 think, at that point. Yeah. And he he was right. I came back so fit. I was lifting really heavy, like, um, then Stefano, you know Stefano, yeah. the mm-hmm. Italian guy. Yeah. I mean, I had Stefano and Nicole with me traveling, and I just had like a proper team for the first time, mm-hmm. and I just kind of took off. Yeah. I had this crazy run in Rome from qualifying, where, um, well, I before that, I beat Maria Sharapova in Miami, yeah. and that 
that let you know that you could play I at the top like, level. And I really, I just remember, just wanted to say that, like, is if anyone young is listening to it, it's crazy. Like, I really believed that I could beat her. Mm-hmm. I've never played a top ten. Oh, maybe I have. I can't remember. But I really was. I remember I was trying my. And why I, do you think that? I don't know. But I bought this Lululemon outfit myself. Finally, like I'm sponsored by them now, and I remember like I loved it, and I was like watching myself in the mirror, and I was like <laughs> practicing celebrations, like, and who does that? How do you even think you're gonna beat a number two in the world? And I really did, and so you I, manifested that win. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, I maybe should do that again sometime soon. Yeah. Roland Garros is not far away. Yeah. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we have a fantastic sponsor. It is Sakara Lai. I have been dying to try this because the food looks legitimately delicious when my friends post about it on Instagram. And I have, like the two of us, just been sort of feeling like a little bit um, beleaguered and bloated. So when these plant-rich meals arrived at my door, our doors last week, I was um, pretty pumped to get to try them. Uh, did you have any impressions from our three-day cleanse? Yeah, well, you know, I also was on it a little bit as well before I went to Europe, so it was nice for me to also get it. And you're right, I didn't feel bloated, but most importantly, I, you know, had a bit of a high cholesterol the last time I went to the doctor. And so I'm really appreciative of like a plant-rich food um, because I really do need to start thinking about doing that a little bit more. And I knew I was going to Europe and plant-rich is not really their uh, their forte, particularly in uh, France. So, uh, so I'm really enjoying them, and yes, yeah, so, so great to have them as one of our sponsors, and I'm just, I'm loving it. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com/racket or enter the code racket at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash racket to get 20% off your first order. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
I'm not saying I took off. It's not like no, I was but you were a very solid semifinals, player. Semifinals, yeah. but I was top fifty, top thirty. I remember Dave Taylor was like, I don't know why, but he he's an interesting guy. He was kind of asking me all this like questions, and he was like, "When do you think? Um, what ranking do you think? Um, what year?" Your, what can you what think you your can year end ranking is going to be? Yeah. And I was like, I just threw like I threw a number. I was like twenty five, and I literally was like around there. Like yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. And so that's the importance of manifesting stuff and really believing in yourself. You know, and rather than shooting for oh I want to be top hundred. You know. Yeah. I. So then. Yeah, I was playing well. Um, I. You won New Haven. I won New Haven, but I remember I got my the Achilles problem in 2016. So we we that's when me um, Nick Kyrgios and I won the Hobman Cup. Hobman Cup. That was actually my first time representing Australia ever. Like this is in in December 2015. I just got the my passport, passport yeah. so I could represent Australia, yeah. and like that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah very. And you won the t- you I won, won it. it. It was amazing so you were having issues with your achilles starting around 2016 so january yeah i remember i looked at my heel and i was like what is that yeah like i could see like a little bum yeah and i was in second week of oz open so my physio melanie she was never gonna freak me out yeah so she's like she taped i mean she she did what she could do yeah and then it just, I think, I was young, and I was, like, I had the ACL, mm-hmm. and, like, it was major, yeah. but I never had, like, niggles, like, I've yeah. never been, yeah. you never had, I've, you never been a player that's had, you know, an injury every couple of like weeks, I, yeah. yeah, I would never go see, get treatment, that da- was, dash, dash, this is you to a T, you either do things really big, or not at all, <laughs> yeah. go big or go home, including injuries, so the, 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 the Achilles was an issue ongoing for a couple of years, really, just bothering yeah. you until you finally said, I've got to have major surgery on that. And that was... 2020? Yeah. And so 2021. How, when you had the surgery then, you had to rehab for approximately, what, eight months? And then when you came Nine back months, again, yeah. again, a just similar coming issue. coming back now, basically. Yeah. Oh, well, no, no. No, you didn't. You no, no, no. Back. I didn't have surgery back then. Yeah. So uh, we just... I had two injuries. Mm-hmm. I had my Achilles and my plantar fasciitis. Mm. And so I was rehabbing it. And then the pandemic hit. And yeah. I was only meant to be out for five, six months. Mm-hmm. Then the pandemic hit. Yeah. And then I came back. Um, I played 2020 Roland Garros. Yeah. And I was, um, I was in the... I did a really good training block yeah. uh, just before Oz Open. Yeah. And, and I, you, were, you were playing so well. And I was well. playing really, really good. Yeah. You were and smashing everybody And people couldn't believe that I w- had surgery literally a week later. Yeah. Like, no one could believe this. Yeah. And, but I just, it was crazy because I remember I played Ash and it just went. My Achilles just was not, like, I felt it. It was really sore, and I could barely walk off the court. Like I literally had to throw my shoes yeah. off, yeah, because it was rubbing on that spot. Mm-hmm. And 
I had to play doubles, yeah. so I, which I did. You know, you have that difficulty, then you have to have the surgery. I want to know when you, because I have to say, like, a lot of us were like, oh, my God, like, how many more difficult moments can you go through physically and come back, you know? I want to know from your perspective when that happened, you know, and you had the surgery and you... <laughs> I really wanted that surgery. That's the funniest so you, thing. So when you get the surgery, you're positive about it. Is that yeah. is that what you're telling us? Yeah. I mean, I so after the match, I was doing... I was kind of like cooling down and I was there and I was like, my pain is 11 out of 10 and they're like nah you're exaggerating you just lost like calm down i'm like i'm you are you are sometimes a little low you do i know exaggerate. i know but this time i, I was, was like not... i was like guys i'm having surgery i don't even know what on because that was the worst part is like there wasn't enough damage to go have surgery like we try to avoid it mm -hmm. as much as possible yeah. but um so i played doubles the tournament's finished and i was seeing doctors at the australian open and i had scans and i was like please can something just show yeah, up yeah, because yeah. it yeah. would have been worse if it was just like the same but i have so much pain yeah I would have. Been. No, I can understand that. Completely. So I was like, "Please, can there be something really bad?" That, yeah. Like, so at least you know. Yeah, and um, so I have, ha I had Haglund's bump. Mm -hmm. Just to, um, for people to understand what it is, it's like bunions. Yeah, bunions. Yeah. But on on the back of the your heel, heel and it was pressing on my tendon, which is has been irritated for years. So I still, I mean. My tendon is still irritated because it's like sensitized. Like I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. my brain just yeah. always aware of it. Mm -hmm. And I always tell my fetus, no, it's bullshit. Like unsensitize it. But I was like ready and the I had the full, and it was really hard to find someone who would operate it on. Uh, without being too invasive mm -hmm. and there were a few surgeons that would do that surgery and the sur one of the surgeons was the, um, who did my ACL and I was like oh my god David chances? Young are you kidding I'm going like yeah, I'm yeah. going there yeah. like wow. I want to see him like yeah. let's go let's do it so and it was successful and, and yeah um, I didn't, I, I was like, I literally messaged him straight away. Like I was being naughty. Like I shouldn't have done this. I was like, I'm going to come see you. <laughs> Cause I had, like, I kept in touch with him yeah. and I, yeah, like he, he, he loves his job. Like yeah. he was going to operate on me that day if I wanted to yeah. he loves it like he yeah. spent crazy hours there and um, obviously I went and um, saw David with um, Melanie my physio and yeah I just I was ready like and I knew you're like that let's do this 
that it would take a while. I mean, so it was another seven months, approximately, right? More. Yeah. And there was a point where it was not like I thought I it. I honestly thought that my expectations. I had expectations that it would just go away completely, like it would be like my left Achilles. Yeah. But it's wasn't yeah. and it's not yeah and and now i've accepted it i'm like whatever yeah. like it's it's it is what it, it is it lets me function the mm-hmm. way i want to function i can obviously play a three-hour match and back it up like i'm fine yeah but um i the first few months of the after the surgery surgery were Tough. pretty no they were easy because i was actually improving quickly with so many things mm-hmm. like well first two weeks i was just making my dashlets bracelets yeah. <laughs> and i couldn't move but after like you start walking it's slow but there are like the improvements are pretty big so after what do you but it took through, a while like once three months but then i still had pain like and, and that was just, tough for you and it just, I was like, oh my God, are you joking? Like, yeah. it's never going to get better. It's not going to get better. Was there a period better. of time where you thought your career might, might be over? Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. was that to deal with a little bit emotionally? Well, <clears throat> I think because I had such good people around me that... They never let you get too down. They never let me get too down. Yeah, they... I would... Well, they would be like, well, you've got nothing, like, you ha- you still have to give it a shot. Like, yeah. why did you even have surgery? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, true. And are you that, glad you did now? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't be playing, playing if yeah. I didn't. So you come back uh, again. The worst part was that we were in lockdown. Yeah. During, like, during both, but the both. Yeah, like... Yeah, tell people at home how difficult it was in Melbourne. Oh, we were just... So all I did was going to the tennis, get do my rehab, which home. was not very exciting. Yeah, and go home. And go home and just chill. Yeah. I mean, thank God I had Topu. Yeah. And my mom was there and my brother, while Luke was playing, so mm-hmm. I didn't see him. We didn't see each other for like eight months before we got married. So I had all these plans that at least I'll have like, um, I'll socialize with everyone Yeah. Um, after surgery, like I'll have normal life, but that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of lockdown. Because of lockdown. So yeah. when you had a, you know, good run, you had, you know, a nice little time in Australia, but then you come over this year to uh, Palm Springs and Indian Wells and Miami and have a great couple of weeks. How much did that make you feel like you you have gone through all of this stuff and you feel like oh my god it was all worth it and it's all worth it with the results that you've had over the last few months and do you feel like all right I feel like I can really get back to a really solid place in my career now um so after so I came back during Billie Jean King Cup yep so I had this like that was a last minute call up for you that was a last minute call up for me it was, it's a long story, but basically we had a few injured players in in the team and they had to pick 
that week between Priscilla Hahn and myself, and I was, we were both playing unbelievable because I think we really wanted to yeah. be in the team. And you felt like you had nothing and I to was, lose. And Just I kind of was underdone. Like, yeah. I was underdone. Yeah. Not kind I was underdone. Yeah. I haven't even played two sets. Yeah. And I win that match, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is like, what? Like, this is crazy. Yeah. And then I come back, and, I mean, I was then just too, I was distracted, like, with wedding. And, like, not going to lie, like, my preseason was probably, like, I didn't tick all the boxes because of, and like, that's the wedding. Yeah. And I was distracted. And I knew, and... It's the worst, like when you know that you have haven't done everything. I, I know some people can just not think about it, but for me it's important. And for some reason, like I wasn't as motivated. Like, as like the Aussie summer was right around the corner. Playing at home, I like got the wild cards, and I just I wasn't playing well. And why do you think that I, you weren't as motivated? I wasn't, I don't know. It, and I felt bad. Like I felt guilty. I'm like, what? Like you just, you went through all of this and now went you're not all of Yeah. And <clears throat> I just, I don't know. I was like, not as excited. Like, and I was not overly happy. Like mm. I wasn't sad, but I just was like, like just, it was a I different... didn't, didn't, wanted like yeah. I was like you know, I don't as know much, like do I even much. want to play tennis like yeah and I was surprised like I was like what is going on and then like I got killed yeah I mean I didn't get killed but I I wasn't winning practice sets and I was like I don't think I'm like I've got the level like I'm way off mm. but the reality was that was that's what was in my head like Mm-hmm. the reality was I was a lot closer yeah to being like at, not at that level but a good level yeah yeah um but I just didn't think and didn't trust in and so what changed what changed um, going to Indian Wells and having that experience obviously having that experience at Fed Cup was we good. had this um I'm having this I'm having a practice with Nicole Pratt and Storm and I'm just being like all crazy on court, like making stupid decisions and we're playing points and Storm is just like killing me. And I'm like feeling, oh, poor me. Oh my God, I'm not playing well. Why am I even going overseas? Like, what's the point? Like, I'd rather be with my dog. Yeah. And they they sat me down and they're like, you need to stop like, being feeling, negative and feeling so. sorry for yourself <clears throat> like you need to you literally nicole said the best thing that you can do is actually get out of australia because you're getting comfortable yeah exactly you're way too comfortable here mm. and i was like that's probably why i wasn't motivated like mm. i i mean yeah I because it had been probably almost two years where you'd really been home yeah, and you probably had never felt that feeling in and, your entire life. Yeah, like I stayed at home for Australian Open. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it was like it's one of the things that I feel like you know when everyone's like, you know, why isn't Australia 
have more dominant players. And of course, we just recently had the number one in the world. So it's possible. And Ash is as laid back as they come. But I think it is one of the things about being from Australia and even from the United States sometimes is that it's pretty easy. You know, it's a pretty it's a easy life. life. It's a good life. You're not really stressed about stuff. And that's the one thing about maybe the Russian mentality and, the, you know, growing up in that, that sort of different coaching style. They're very tough on you. They're not overly nice. You know, the girls aren't overly nice to each other. And that's some things, you know, that you have to really deal with as an Australian or as an American or as coming from a very wealthy yeah. or well to well-to-do country is that you got to really push yourself hard so and did probably you, a grand slam country yeah, yeah. especially well you're getting funding and it's yeah. a little bit easier so <clears throat> you started clearly feeling a little bit less sorry for yourself you get on the plane you go play indian wells what was it like for you to win those i went events? to guadalajara and i was there i was traveling with storm and uh our strength and conditioning coach who was doing the whole rehab process and he was so excited to like just go on the road yeah and we were like and like i didn't work on anything mentally it's not like i went and started journaling or doing meditation i just literally got on the plane and i changed my attitude like straight in, away. straight away like i got there i'm there with my coach jay and i am straight away like in. in like i'm here like yeah. let's go let's yeah. do this yeah. and i beat emma raducanu raducanu like it was well it still is one of the longest matches and we didn't even finish the match <laughs> <laughs> and then i backed it up and i was like oh my god i played the longest match of the year and i was able to come back to come back and play and again and like and I was because I was didn't know how my Achilles would feel, and it felt good. So actually, what I was focusing on was small wins. Like I I aimed really low mm -hmm. to then reach that goal because I didn't want to disappoint myself. So I, I think part of it is also because you'd been through so much physically. You sort of for for the first time maybe in your own life, you gave yourself a bit of a break to not have those hugely high expectations because you're very tough on yourself. So do you yeah. think maybe for the first time you're like, you know what, let's just go and play and enjoy it because you're healthy and yeah. you gave yourself maybe a little bit of a break. Yeah, I had low expectations. Yeah. Every, just... Because you always have high expectations. Uh, yeah, everything was a win for me. Like, playing a disciplined point, that's a win. Like... Yeah. Being able to concentrate for five more minutes than the day before, that's a win. And physically being healthy, that's a that's win. Like just everything, like yeah. not freaking double faulting 10 times because I'm freaking out. Like seriously, like yeah. that, like that's why my serve got so much better because you worked on it. I, well, first of all, I worked on it, but I just like was happy to be playing to to freaking make it yeah. rather than hit the biggest second serve of my life yeah and not make it you know like the little thing like i would rather make it and then hit a winner than because i was getting angry when they would hit a winner yeah but that's just how te women's tennis works yeah. like yeah that's just how it is but so i was 
accepting things for what they are and yeah I had low expectations but it's funny like now that like people say oh you had a couple of like great few tournaments yeah. months and like it was only really like two three weeks yeah but now I kind of have expectations that well I've beaten on and I made quarters of Miami or yeah. second week of Indian Wells that like I should back it up yeah and so I how feel it, so how do you how so be your best um, be like your own doubles partner what would you tell yourself now then because you've had a couple of tough losses over the last couple of weeks yeah. you lost seven six in the third and you're going into a grand slam first time you know since the Australian Open you, you have an opportunity to do well at, at, at a grand slam so what do you what do you tell and this is for other people at home or people that are listening what would you as your as a doubles partner or as a coach to yourself what would you what's the best thing that you could tell yourself now well I actually was writing things down like in my like I do journal, journal. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like set goals yeah. and I think and then I have like I made a diary that like I have a section like from each month like a goal and then what I've learned and then I kind of went back on what I've learned from March from when I did well in Guadalajara and Indo West Miami that trip and it said that I was enjoying the small wins and I was having low expectations like smaller goals but then they were more achievable mm -hmm. so I was like hmm that's that's right like why all of a sudden I have like high expectations mm -hmm. like I'm not I'm not saying like I'm just here as a tourist <laughs> at Roland Garros although we have enjoyed ourselves well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but and nobody has a TikTok like you nobody has a TikTok <laughs> account like you but I literally wrote down okay like I haven't played a clay court season yeah and I haven't had a singles win and yeah. I literally just wrote let's have a win. one singles win like I'll be happy with that yeah yeah and then it can take me anywhere like yeah. I don't know I mean and just just that like and I'm just gonna enjoy the small wins um, along the way for like preparing like I'm excited we're in doubles finals like play on Saturday it's been fun and um, it's funny like playing with Nicole I'm I think it's like I'm so much more positive on the double score. Like I'm pretty positive when I'm playing well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can get angry with myself. Mm. And I was just like thinking, imagine if I was like getting angry at Nicole, like if she would miss. Yeah, you like, treat yourself worse than you treat your partner. Like if she would miss like an a smash yeah. or an easy shot, like. I wouldn't just be like, oh my God, you're an idiot. Like, but that's something I would say, say to, to myself. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, I'm like, okay, I need to be more, I need to talk to myself the way I talk to, pretend that like there is someone playing with me, like yeah. a partner. Yeah. So other than that, which I think is a great thing, you, what would you go back and tell your 18-year-old self, the person, the kid that moved from Russia to Australia, what would you tell them now? If you could 
whisper in their ear. Good move. <laughs> then you move to <laughs> Australia. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll literally be like, yeah, go to Australia and move. Yeah. I don't know. That's a hard one. Yeah. Because I still feel like an 18-year-old sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Um, I think I would be, I would say, don't be so hard on yourself. Enjoy enjoy every little moment because there's so many things you can like there's so many seriously there's so many little things that make me happy Mm -hmm. and like now that I recognize them I just like I'm a lot more positive like even like I get happy at the if I'm um, staying at the hotel that has like a really strong hot shower like that makes me really like small things you don't understand yeah and yeah, like, because I think when I was 18, I was not aware of things that were like kind of making me happy. I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, now you're a married woman, you're a mother of a child of uh, ducks, and so, you know, yeah. life has uh, definitely changed over the last 10 years. But uh, it's been great to sort of see it all happen and all the ups and downs and the physicality that you know physical problems you've had and the injuries and as your friend um, I have to say it's been really remarkable and it's been really nice to see you continually always fight back with exactly the same attitude which is always just that joyful person to be around and uh, it's great to see you back Dasha and so thanks for joining me today thanks good luck in Paris let's go just one win guys (laughs) come on just one win because if you get one I bet you he Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.